This is the When Life Happens podcast, the real podcast all about helping real people overcome real life issues successfully. And since life never stops, let's get after it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I'm your host, William Jackson, and I'm so excited for another opportunity to live, learn, and grow together. I believe that we can grow more and accomplish more if we do it together. So many times, I'm telling myself, before we even dive into the episode, so many times I brought about so much frustration in my life because I was trying to do it on my own. No man is an island unto himself. I can't tell you how much I could have avoided in life if I would have heeded and listened to wise counsel, allowed people into the places that I was traveling through or experiencing and being open to the support of other people. When we get to the place where we can live and learn and grow together not only do we come become stronger as a community but we become stronger mentally emotionally spiritually and physically which affects our total being because as we begin to connect with one another and I get to learn from your experiences and you get to learn from mine and I get to ask you questions and you get to ask me questions I always say that a man who is unwilling to learn from the mistakes of another man is a danger to all men if I see you going down the street and I realize that there are rabid dogs around this corner and you go down there and they begin to attack you and you come back battered and bruised and, and your clothes torn and you're bloody. And I decide to forego the example that was set before me and travel down this road anyway. I become a danger to everyone because I am held accountable to what I know, what I've seen, what I've heard. I am held accountable to my level of exposure. So it's important for us to live, learn, and grow together. Let's lean in. How can I help you get better? How can you help me get better? Because we all need each other. So we're picking up from where we left off last episode and we started the thought talking and discussing the negativity bias. The precipice was we were talking about, there's this Netflix documentary where it's traveling around following four quarterbacks and a multi-Super Bowl winning, multi-MVP winning quarterback's first statement out of the gate was the losses stick with you more than the wins do. Now, having a already in his early career, having a very wildly successful career, Super Bowl wins, MVPs, division championships, the losses stick with him more, even though the wins are so great. And I want to dig into how we can rewire our thought process to eliminate what's called the negativity bias. 
The negativity bias is the tendency to not only register negative stimuli more readily, but also to dwell on these events. Also known as a positive-negative asymmetry, this negativity bias means that we feel the sting of a rebuke more powerfully than we feel the joy of praise. This negativity bias, we register and hold on and dwell on negative events far more than the positive events. And I believe that if we can flip our thought process, if we can rewire that mechanism in our brain that magnifies the negative occurrences and begin to transition that power to magnify the positive ones, holding on to our positive memories, our positive accomplishments, the things that we were able to accomplish successfully, we will begin to snowball that that area of success where we can start start connecting wins to one another, where we start stringing wins together. I believe that in order for us to start stringing wins together, to start having more of a history of win after win after win, is that I have to be in the place where I can magnify the win and minimize the loss, where I can magnify the win and minimize the loss. But that's not easy. If we're being very honest, there's a lot of times where we have a difficulty letting go of the past hurt, trauma, let down, disappointment. And it's not until we get to the place where we can let go of it all and have what I like to call the perfect release that we can get to a place where we can start seeing win after win after win because that's what we really want in life, if we're being honest. We want to win. We want a winning marriage. We want a winning relationship with our children. We want a winning business. We want winning health. We want to win. And if you say in yourself that I don't really want to win, then there's a problem there with your level of expectation because we are wired with this innate desire to be successful, to have harmony, to have work-life balance, to get into the place where we can accomplish all our dreams and our goals. We got to get to a place where we start stringing these wins together. And the way that we do that is we have to maximize the last win if you just stop for a moment and you start recalling your memories as a matter of fact i want you to do this exercise with me get out a sheet of paper right now pull out your phone whatever you can take down notes and put a column in the middle of the paper right just divide the paper or the notes or wherever you are jotting this down into two sections And I want you to try to write down as many positive memories that you can think of and then write down as many negative memories that you can think of. Now, the tendency is that when you get to the end of the list, that you'll be able to have more negative accounts versus the positive ones because the pain that you experience from a negative occurrence The pain that you feel from the loss of a loved one, the pain that you feel when you lose a job, the pain that you feel when your life is turned upside down resonates with you 
and it stings more. You feel it more, which is why you can remember it more vividly because that pain has an emotional explosion where you can feel it, mind, body, soul, and spirit, and it lodges a memory because you'll never forget how this felt. But we're going to talk about today how to rewire this to where we can get to the place where I can remember how good it felt to win, how good it felt to accomplish my goals, how good it felt to accomplish my dreams, my destiny, my purpose, and find true fulfillment. You know, there's a study that goes deeper into this negativity bias, and it says this psychological phenomenon explains why bad first impressions can be so difficult to overcome and why past traumas can have such a long lingering effect. In almost any interaction, we are more likely to notice negative things and later remember them more vividly. When you meet somebody or when you encounter a situation, do you go in with an automatic compass or a microscope trying to find the negative in a situation? Now, this may be for my pessimistic viewers, where you go in and you're looking for the negative. What's wrong here? Okay, I know that this seems to be like a great opportunity, but what's the catch? Now, there is a piece of that that keeps you from being taken advantage of. But when that is your only focus, when that is your only scope or perspective, where you are only looking for negative, it is very easy to overshadow the positivity within this interaction or the positivity or the positive outcome or the positive things that are available to you within this within this opportunity it's very easy to look past it if i'm only going to look for negative i will find negative every time as humans we tend to do a few things we tend to remember the traumatic experiences better than the positive ones we we tend to recall insults better than praise you can probably go back to second grade when little Bobby said something about your outfit. And you remember how it felt because he talked about your shoes or he talked about your glasses or they said something about what you had on or they talked about how you looked or if you had braces or if you walked funny. You remember all of those things, but very very much in the opposite light, it's hard to remember when people gave you compliments. That's why it's so important for parents to consistently affirm their children. Because I have to be in a place where I am counteracting the negativity that my child or my children will hear from other people. Every single day, I have to be able to speak life. Because if I don't, if I don't flood my children's ears with positivity, with praise, with affirmation, with affirming who they are, they will recall all of the insults and then build an identity around the insults and then become more pessimistic or driven to have negative interactions with people because they are approaching every single interaction from a defensive point of view. 
we also tend to react more strongly to negative stimuli. You know, I, I'm an avid sports fan, avid sports fan. And I watched this documentary about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, The Last Dance. Loved it. And it was funny to me because they told a story about how there was a former teammate of Michael Jordan's named B.J. Armstrong. And this one year they played in the playoffs. And Michael Jordan is the ultimate competitor, ultimate like, if you are walking too much faster than him, he's going to pick up the pace. Like, wants to win in everything. And he tells his story. They tell the story about how, now, now, from Michael Jordan's point of view, he's telling the story. Like, I remember when we were playing um, B.J. Armstrong and we were coming out of the tunnel. Um, or I think they were going into the tunnel. This is after the first game. Now, the first game, um, the Bulls lost. And he said that B.J. Armstrong said something smart to him. And that's all he needed. He needed someone to say something negative to him because it ignited a piece of him, that ultimate competitor that drove him to be successful. And he recounts it and he remembers it. And then you flip on the other side and they interview B.J. Armstrong and B.J. Armstrong says, I never said anything to that man. <laughs> he made it up just to give him a competitive edge. Why? Because he reacts more strongly to negative stimuli, to people doubting him, to people talking about him, to people saying that he can't or someone getting the hand that was a driving force that made him as good as he was now in my opinion Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time just because it, and you can argue this with me and if if you do I mean from your point of view you may win but you always lose for mine because you can't argue what Jordan did in the aspect of both offense and defense and how he led the league in scoring and steals and and points and rebounds and he was the all-star mvp the season mvp the finals mvp all in the same year won the gold medal like you can't argue what the man did okay so i i just if you root for lebron or you kobe or whoever else hey that's your prerogative by all means do what you do however I am reflecting on the fact that the greatest basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan, had this thing that drove him to react more strongly to negative stimuli to the point that people will create a false identity or a false reality just to give them a pass to operate at their highest potential or to step into realms of toxicity or whatever. People will look for negative interactions, negative words, insults, and they use it as fuel. Can I be honest? That's why a lot of people who have been um, talked about or, or hurt or they are wounded when they reach a level of success, it is oftentimes intertwined with realms of toxicity, 
with darkness, with pain, because the force or the driving force or fuel or the motivation to succeed was, I'm going to show you. You said that I couldn't. I'm going to show you. I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to shut up all the haters. I'm going to do it in spite of. I can't wait to get to the top to show you that I made it. I can't wait to get to the top to to show all of my haters that I won in spite of. Now, that is a, a very effective energy that drives people to success. But the reason why you can't remember the success and the reason why the the losses ring louder than the wins is because your motivation to win is predicated or based on the loss. The loss of a friend, the loss of a girlfriend. Okay, you lose a girlfriend. Now I'm going to show every woman that I'm the man. And now I go out and I become this alter ego of a dog. And now I am stringing together failed relationships because my motivation is wrong. Oh, somebody talked about me. So now I'm going to get in the best shape of my life just so I can flex on social media to say, look at me now. And you can't even relish in the fact that you accomplished something great because your motivation was tied to the negative stimuli. People tend to think about negative things more frequently than the positive ones. And we begin to respond more strongly to negative events than to equally positive ones. That you can have a positive event of the same magnitude of the negative one and you will downplay the positive because the negative one is what sticks out. So how do we get to the place where we break this negativity bias? Is we have to start rewiring how we look at our negative experience. The reason why the pain hurts so bad It's not simply because what you went through was so bad, but because of how you view what you went through. Now, I'm not minimizing at all anything that you've gone through in your life. But the people who have the ability to break up with their perspective of their pain and to break what I call cyclical trauma and begin to break their thought processes that are tied into their hurt and into their wounds have the ability to shift their perspective. Now go with me. If you are working out and you are trying to get in shape, You are going through the process of tearing your muscles so that you can rebuild them stronger. It is painful. If you ever work out with me, we are going to work out until I feel like we are a inch from death. If I don't feel like I have to literally drag my body out of the gym, I didn't go hard enough. If I am working on arms or biceps and or upper body and I can walk out of the gym and very easily open a jar of pickles, I did not go hard enough. Yes, that is my barometer, a jar of pickles. You want to know if you really worked your arms for real? Go out and try to open it. I'm not talking about the small jar. I'm talking about the big jar of whole pickles. 
if you can walk out and open that up just with ease, you need to do some more reps. That's that's my fitness litmus test, right? So, but if we don't get to the place where we start rewiring how we view our pain or our losses, we can never reshape our ability to push past them and focus on the wins. In my book, When Life Happens, I talk about this. I talk about the shooter's mentality. Since we're talking about basketball, the one thing I love about shooters in the NBA is their ability to move on quickly from their last miss. That's the shooter mentality. When you can get to the place where you can quickly move on from your last miss, I've seen some of the greatest shooters of all time. Now, while I believe that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time, I believe hands down that Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. And I have seen the greatest shooter of all time come out some nights and go six for 24 only making six shots, missing 24 of them. But there was something in his brain that allowed him to keep shooting. It's because the shooter's mentality moves on quickly from the last miss because my perspective is not on the miss. It's on the probability of me making the next shot. The shooter's mentality is, okay, yes, I missed that shot, but guess what? I'm going to hit the next one. And that is a proper perspective of pain. Well, that relationship didn't work out, but guess what? The next one will. Okay, well, I I ended up not experiencing what I thought I was going to get out of that situation, but guess what? The next one's going to be right. Oh, I thought that this job was going to be the thing or the catalyst that was going to propel me into my dreams and my focus and my future and my goals when in all actuality, this was supposed to fund my initiatives externally, but this didn't work out. But guess what? The next one. When we start shifting our perspective over the things that we're going through, that is when we can break up with this negativity bias. When you go through things, you your perspective leans negative. It leans negative. You, you don't even hope for the best anymore. You expect the worst. And how can we get to the place where you now start expecting the best? Because wherever I tie my expectation to, that is what will begin to materialize in my life and will become the driving force for my next move. Whatever I can tie my expectation to, if my expectation is I am going to make this next shot, when I make the shot, then now me making the shot is the celebration that I can focus on. But if I am expecting to miss the next shot, even when I make the next shot, then my thought process will be that make was an anomaly. That I made that one, but I'll probably miss the next one. And this is why we keep missing shots, missing opportunities, missing moments. Because we have tied our expectation to our negativity bias. Your bias is you think that it's going to turn out negative. 
And you have to start rewiring that till you get to where your bias leans towards hope, where your expectation is, I'm going to make this next shot, that this next opportunity is going to change my life, that today something good is going to happen to me, that today I am going to experience happiness, peace, and joy, that today life can change forever for the good, that today my marriage is going to get better, that today my children are going to thrive. When you start having that expectation, then you start breaking this negativity bias. But a lot of times we can't even elevate our expectation because of our connection. We are surrounded by negativity. We're surrounded by people who are pessimistic. We're surrounded by social media that highlights your inadequacies. We are surrounded by people who talk about your flaws. We are surrounded by the people that I call used to's who always want to remind you of what you used to do. Okay, yeah, I see you opened up a business, but I remember when you used to not have money. Okay, yeah, you're in a relationship now, but I remember when you used to be desperate and alone. We are surrounded by negativity and we wonder why we can't break this negativity bias so first we got to check what are my associations who is feeding my bias what gateways have I opened up in my mind and my heart that continue to allow this negativity bias to flourish I need to find those access points and close them, lock them, and eliminate those who have access to them. And by eliminate, I mean just disconnect from. I don't mean eliminate as in take them off of the earth. I am not promoting that at all. Just want to clarify that. (laughs) But we got to get to the place where we start breaking this negativity bias on a consistent basis every single day by the words that I speak, by the things that I listen to, by the things that I allow into my mind. Do you know, do you know that it is never just a song? That it is never just a movie? That it is never just a conversation? That it is always a access point and a gateway. Every song that you listen to is a gateway. It opens up how you think and it ties your emotions to the lyrics and to the songs, which is why you can listen to a sad song and connect a sad moment to this very moment. And then your emotions begin to drift down this corridor of pain and resentment and bitterness. And before you know it, you are lashing out on the people that you're closest to. Because I opened up the gateway. Some of this negativity bias could be eliminated if we just start changing what we give access. If I just start changing the type of music that I listen to. If I just start changing the type of conversations that I allow to be had, not just to me or about me, but around me. Because you can be in a conversation 
that you're not even in. You could be standing in a room where people are talking fear, doubt, worry, anxiety, hatred, and you don't even have to be a part of the conversation, but your ears are a gateway that begins to digest and take in everything that's going on around you. Your atmosphere matters. It's never just a song. Everything you listen to is feeding you. It's creating pathways, neurological pathways. It is rewiring your brain and how it operates. The more you listen to negative music and negative podcasts and negative talk and negative experiences, your brain begins to say, okay, this energy that I'm experiencing is the new normal. So now let me adjust how I am beginning to approach every aspect of life from this perspective. Let me now begin to flow out all negativity into our relationships, into our jobs, into our businesses, into our health. So much of us are killing ourselves internally by the food we eat, by the things we drink, by how much sleep we get or don't get because our body has registered so much negativity that it is now causing us to abuse ourselves. And we get to this place now where unconsciously our negativity bias is ruling our life. And we got to get to the place now where it's saying, okay, I have to change the access that I'm giving to people, to music, to television. I have to be intentional about what I say, about what I see, about what I take in, about who I'm around. The people who are successful have a routine. They get up at a certain time. You know why the successful people get up early? Because they are up before all the negativity wakes up. At 4 o'clock in the morning, guess what? Everything is quiet. People aren't really focusing on social media. People aren't really focusing on the negative aspects of life. And I have pure, unadulterated time to tap into my purpose, my destiny, my future, and my goals without being infiltrated by negativity. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I hope that you found this episode both impactful and inspiring. Before you go, like and share the show, subscribe to it, leave us a comment, rate us and review us on all podcast platforms. Your engagement helps us reach more people and create a better show. But the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you're interested in more resources and tools of how to live a fulfilled life and step fully into your purpose or purchase your copy of the life-changing book, When Life Happens, head over to www.theofficialwilliamjackson.com for more information. Until next time, keep rising, keep thriving. And remember that no matter what life throws your way, you have everything inside of you you need to overcome and succeed when life happens.